and welcome to Down to Art. I'm your host, Christy Gordon, and today I'm joined by Scott Mayer, a professional artist, instructor, and video producer living in Northern Colorado. So welcome, Scott. Welcome. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for being here. So Scott has a Bachelor of Fine Art and Painting from the Maryland Institute um, College of Art and a Master of Fine Arts in Painting from University of Alaska Fairbanks. He's been a teacher for more than 15 years and is video producer for theartistnetwork.com. And I've worked with Scott doing online courses for the Artist Network and Peak Media. And what's always really struck me about you, Scott, is just how well you organize the content in a way that really works for the students, for the people taking the classes. Um, and lately I've been really encouraging my, you know, the artists I work with in my art mentoring program to dive into teaching. And I think right now it's such a great way, you know, to like dive into teaching on Zoom and online classes and just get your hands in their teaching and also supplementing our income as artists. So I'm so excited to talk to you today about how to find our um, sort of voice and our identity as an art teacher and how to balance being a practicing artist with being an art teacher. Um, so yeah, I was I was thinking like you're you're a full time artist and um, and you're also like a kind of a full time teacher and I wonder when did you start teaching? Um, well, I started teaching in in grad school as a you know teaching assistant. You know they kind of threw us into the deep end and um, you know right away teaching um, you know teaching foundational drawing. Um, before that, I when I was at MICA, I was enrolled in their MAT program. So, you know, I had the vision of becoming a K through 12 teacher, reached that point where I said, I, I love painting right now. I, there's so much more for me to explore that I'm, and I'm not ready at, you know, 21, 22 years old to, to start teaching full time at high school. I needed more time for myself. And that led to graduate school where I then was able to see the difference between teaching at a you know higher grade level versus k-12 and just kind of went on from there so never went never went back to um public school teaching interesting and and when did you get involved with the artist network and peak media uh, so i've been with artist network for a little over six years now um you know so in the interim you know i had i taught a bit at university of alaska and fairbanks um started teaching online um through um, the the Art Institute's chain of schools that's had its ups and downs. <laughs> it's no longer no longer around as an online institution, um, but it it kind of opened my eyes to the the benefits and the drawbacks, the comparisons between teaching online versus on ground in a kind of a traditional setting. Um, Artist Network, uh, we're looking for instructional designers, um, and so with my background in teaching for you know, eleven or so years online. It helped me to kind of translate that into working with artists like you to create online courses for our audience. So yeah, and I remember when we first filmed our first class together, I think in 2016, um, we had a slightly different format than what we've done more recently. Like I really enjoyed the way we structured, I mean, all of the classes, but the first one was structured really based on like every, you know, having an assignment all the way along at the end of each module, sort of as if the the person watching the video was really taking a class. And now we've sort of been doing um, more courses where I'm kind of painting and showing the process, but it isn't so like assignment-based, um, if, if you know what I mean. Like, mm -hmm. um, do you want to talk about yeah. those two kind of structures a little bit? Yeah, you, you know, I think, 
Yeah, no, that, that's, a, I think, a good observation and, and one that, you know, we've, we've been looking at, you know, there's two basic models. There's a kind of a curriculum-based model that's kind of more traditionally uh, aligned with kind of traditional schools where you would have, you know, 12, 16 weeks or so of, of a class and you have um, specifically designed, designed assignments and you're learning and, and you're building your skills as you go. Um, and that's kind of the approach that I, I brought to the company is building these, these larger kind of courses that lead you through a, a curriculum. But another you know, education model that's, um, you know, we see often that you know, many artists have worked with is this kind of demo-based, kind of workshop-based approach where it's, you're, you're learning as you're going, as you're seeing this artist work through the problems on the, their, their canvas. Um, and and it, it took me a little while to, kind of transition into that to really understand that project-based kind of workshop-based um, mentality um, and and see how the two work together, how a, a traditional course might also then be supplemented or balanced with these, these more targeted workshops that we worked with you later on. So we have your foundation course, but now, you know, students can, can take that, they can learn the foundations, but now they can also take your class on painting like Sargent or Rembrandt. And it's, it's a, on a specific topic and you're working the, the, the um, issues out through a you know, kind of targeted, um, yeah, project or targeted painting. Mm, that's interesting. And I think the first one was like super long too. And I think like, I know people with all the social media and stuff maybe have like less and less attention span. And I feel like that the more recent ones that we were doing that were more like workshoppy, they were like a little shorter too, maybe like edited a little bit. Like we don't have to show every single second. Um, do, do you find that? Do you find that the, in some ways, I think I find that that in some ways people actually are happy to re like to get something a little shorter. They don't actually want to commit like 10 hours, you know, to, yeah. to something, something that's just like a little shorter, but still shows you everything you need to know. Is, is yeah. Good. I mean, I mean, when you think about our, the, the world that we're talking about right now and, and mm -hmm. where I'm mostly immersed in is, is fundamentally different than that of say a traditional learning institution in that, you know, a, a student going to do a traditional learning institution, school, art school or whatever would, you're going to that school to say, tell me what I need to learn and you earn their certificate. You know, you, you're getting proof that you've gone through this robust process to learn the, um, what the school has determined is, is valuable. And, and especially if it's an accredited school, it has to meet certain standards that are, that are um, determined by a whole committee of other <laughs> people at school. So like, there's a lot that goes into saying that a BFA or an MFA has met a certain standard in that. Um, and so, that's fundamentally different than what we're seeing through, um, you know, our, our audience here, where it's much more self-directed. You know, people have a, a general interest in learning how to paint. You know, they're all at different kind of stages in their development and are looking for different things. And it's generally self-directed. They have to kind of pick and choose and curate for yourself what what your development is going to be. And sometimes you, you kind of rely on, on teachers, like you have your mentorship program, so you can work directly with somebody and you give your advice and they may go to, uh, you know, somebody else and they might give some totally different advice, but there's no kind of standardization. Um, and so I think that's a, a big difference in that, you know, if I'm, if I'm saying I need, I'm, I want to grow and learn and look, I'm, I might go into YouTube, I might work, look, go to some of the artists that we're working with here at Artist Network and, 
and and watch for a little while and say like what what's that nugget of wisdom that's really going to help me in this um and and i'm trying to plug that in around all the other things that are going on in life and so um for me i'm not sure as much of it if it's as much of an issue of attention span versus is um just kind of that self direction and you know, like most i think most people don't really know what they what they want like we know but when you get down to it when you're trying to make specific decisions for what to do next it can be difficult to do that and uh, you say like i know i need to get better at drawing or painting or or something but it, generally you're following these the, the inspirations and say oh that looks interesting let me try that out um and so i think that's where i'm at right now um and then the letting the time frame be dictated by the content really like what you know there there are some sometimes you just need if you just need to see a simple technique and that's going to lead to a breakthrough for somebody there's no need to to kind of labor on it and make it longer when it doesn't need to be and yet if there's if there's a concept that as much is much more involved then then you you kind of let that lead it and you and rather than there be some sort of standard kind of um kind of protocol that you know we hear you know there was a time when you say like no no videos over five minutes nobody watches more than five minutes but that's that's been proven wrong in so many ways. Um, and, you know, we, we're all looking for that magical formula. And I just feel like when we, when we do that, we end up just chasing, we just keep chasing these things that are always evolving and we end up not really identifying with what works for us. So. That, I think that's so true. And I think it's actually so great that we're in this era of like people can be kind of self-directed because there's so many different forms of art um I really love that in my art mentoring program that people can pick and choose what they want to focus on and I think like yeah the online classes opens up a whole new world of possibility from all around the whole world that people can like tap into whatever little pieces of knowledge that they that they want to get and um that I just never even thought of that I think that's like you know so true compared to the like you know college like sort of model that's more standardized um, and doesn't even always give you what you want actually in the end anyways, but it's definitely beneficial, but you still might go to college and come out being like, I actually don't know this thing that I, that I wanted to get out of it. Um, yeah, no, yeah. that's interesting. And do you, do you find like, um, I mean, what kind of tips do you have for anyone who wants to get started? Maybe they're like sort of a new, you know, they don't feel totally ready. Who feels totally ready to start teaching? Like, but uh, we always have something to like offer. We normally, you know, even if we end up teaching, say, kids like initially or, or whatever to just like dive into it. But what do you have any kind of tips for someone who might be wanting to get started with online teaching yeah whether it's like recording you know videos or just doing like a live zoom you know class and, and how yeah just any tips that you might have yeah I, I think recording yourself goes a long way um so much of so much of the teaching process is actually performative right you know, where, um, and not and not that we're we have to perform we have to maintain a certain amount of energy to keep people engaged but it's um it, it is like a performance in the way that they're like having a rehearsal <laughs> go a long way um and and i mean it's hard though because i i never did that um kind of consciously it just kind of worked out for me so while i was teaching online i was also teaching on ground and so i could 
um, kind of compare the language I was using online versus what I was doing on, on ground. And what I found is online, it just, it, it helped me become much more efficient. Um, it, and, and it engages part of the brain that has to really visualize how somebody might interpret what you're saying, because you're not getting that personal feedback. Um, when teaching on ground, I can, I, there, there's a certain amount of kind of um, forgiveness that you can have because you can kind of talk through some of your thoughts as you're trying to formulate what you're, what you're thinking about these topics or what might help the student really figure out how these things work. You know, so for example, with perspective, I would kind of go through my lecture, my spiel about how I think you kind of think about linear perspective but then I, you know, you're looking out at the students and it is clear that it's not landing <laughs> on some people. And then you're like, oh, crap, okay, what did I miss here? Okay, let me try it this way. And yeah. let's try this ex ex exercise. And you can kind of start to form this custom thing. Um, then, but again, because I, you have that ability to kind of adjust as you go, I didn't really, like over time, I would slowly kind of refine my, my shtick, as it were. <laughs> but I think uh, doing it online and kind of recording yourself and playing it back, recording it again and playing it back and say, how can I, how can I be more precise with my language? Um, and how can I visualize how people are going to connect with it? I think it, it, it goes a long way with to really clarifying your thoughts and that there's a lot of value in that. And so, I mean, I think teaching is just a tremendous way to learn. Um, and it, kind of it i think it should be included you know for any kind of practicing artist in some way whether it's just an internal dialogue you're having with yourself it can do uh, kind of wonders to help you really clarify what's happening so that if you you know you can really um kind of empower the the intuitive aspect of your work with you know with some kind of clarity it's but uh, so and say I'm, I'm I'm doing this, and this here's the results <laughs> that I'm getting. Then I understand what's really happening. I'm not just responding in a um, kind of an emotional level that says I like it, and you want to start with there. But I think being able to um, analyze it more deeply is helpful, and doing that through the voice of a teacher can be really helpful in that. If that makes sense. That, that actually totally makes sense. I think my work for sure improved when I had to like get clear about what I was doing. It's also when I came up with like the base shadow color mixture on my palette because mm -hmm. all my students kept asking me like, how do you mix the shadow color? And I was like, I have to come up with an answer for this. So then I, you know, kind of developed the blue and orange mixture that I use. And I, and it, it's like a really good mixture that makes my work better. Cause now I'm like crystal clear. This is how you mix. I mean, obviously it's all, always tinted, you know, in different directions, but that's like a good base to start. But, but I also really love what you said there about how it's almost like both have benefits actually, especially for the, the well, for all of us as teachers, but um, also for the person starting out with teaching, like recording a class, it takes that pressure off where you're like freaking out. You have to paint in front of people. You don't know if it's going to be any good. And you don't know if you can talk and paint at the same time. You can record it. You can do a voiceover. You can take some time editing it and make, you know, it takes that performative like pressure off. But also I love what you said about how the, the in-person classes or even like in-person on Zoom, even like when you've 
got your recorded sessions and now you're playing it to your students on Zoom, but then they ask questions and then you can like write down notes about all their questions because they're actually really brilliant and help you figure out better how to, be, you know, be a better teacher. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's that, you know, I mean, ultimately it's about the relationship between, you know, the teacher and student. I, I mean, I personally, I have a hard time <laughs> with that dynamic. Like I, you know, generally it's like I've, I've had simply just more time and experience with this stuff versus the people who are watching what I do. And so, um, but I, I, have, I have a hard time personally with that kind of hierarchical, hierarchical kind of tradition of kind of teacher, professor, instructor being elevated over students. And I, for me, I, I just embrace the model of it being a kind of a, you know, a, more of a modeling, right? Like a guide more than in that. And um, that's just kind of where I'm, I'm, I'm landing now, but that's evolved over 20 plus years of, of doing this um, and trying to just figure it out and observing other teachers, um, you know, observing the artists that I work with here to see, well, what are they, how do they, how are they doing this? Like, what is, what is, um, something that that you know just like with art itself you know you can you're gaining inspiration and knowledge by studying other artists how they work and what the what the results are it's the same with with teaching as well um, and just, just you could you kind know, of picking up little nuggets here and there and like I really like the way this person described this thing it's so much better you know like and sometimes you can take this massive concept and if you take the time to um, to really think about it and, and try to articulate it as efficiently as possible, you can realize that, that this massive concept can actually be simplified. And I think that's generally my process is to try to keep making things more simple. So like I, for, for example, I, my, I have my book out um, called See, Think, Draw, and it helped me really take my, my approach to drawing and simplify it either even further it's all about this editorial process of saying well what what can i actually shed off that's not really necessary <laughs> you know, like or like how do i describe a fundamental concept that then then can be expanded upon by the student rather than give all of this information it's about really what is essential and then allowing the, and, and kind of encouraging people who are taking that information in to find their own connection with it and expand from it at the way that they want to so that it's not a matter of falling in line with the curriculum but being supported by it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I love that. When is See, Think, Draw coming out? I can't wait to read um, it. Well, it's uh, out for pre-order now on Amazon. Oh, um, so it'll be available in print in June. June 7th, I think is what it is. I'm definitely going to order so. a copy. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, you're right. Like simplifying it. Like I've, I've had some professors who seem really like scientific and verbose and I'm like, Oh my God, how are you still talking? Like you could have just said this in like two sentences or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and sometimes I've been like jealous that I can't be that kind of person. I just like, <laughs> well, sometimes I probably talk too much, but um, yeah, but I think overall having the goal of like simplifying the material and just like making it clear so it's not bogged down by like excess details. Um, yeah. But I also really liked what you said about modeling uh, and sort of being like, sort of like letting people, letting your students see that like you're an artist and you're still, you know, developing your techniques and we're, we're all doing that. We're always going to be hopefully anyways. 
Um, and so I know like with your, is it your YouTube, um, which, which videos series is it that you have where you kind of, you know, have a different goal, um, say each week, uh, to work on, with, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's texture or whether it's shading, I'm not sure which, yeah. do you want to talk a little bit about that idea? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's called Drawing Together, um, and it's on the Artist Network YouTube channel, and it's, it's very much a project-based thing, so the, it was all started, you know, when the, when pandemic first landed and we were all stuck at home, and, and I, I thought, well, how can I, you know, continue to kind of create videos and connect with an audience? And this came up, you know, I, it was me realizing that I needed to focus time. This is a good time for me to build my drawing skills. Um, I have experience teaching drawing, so why don't I put that out there? Um, my first episode, I, I really kind of approached it with, a, with the mindset of it being like kind of a limited series of, um, uh, of drawing exercise. Let's start with kind of just working with line and see how that works, for example, or I can't remember which one we started with. Um, but I very quickly realized, I think by the end of that first episode, I'm like, That's, this, isn't, this isn't really it. You know, this is not really working. Um, and with the, the you know, support of other people here at the company, we're like, you know, let's just, let's just do a project. Let's just do a fun drawing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and pick this, <laughs> pick this drawing. And, and I realized, you know what, that is, I think if, if anything, I, the thing that I can think would be most valuable to teach anybody is how to develop a healthy habit. So that's really the, um, the foundation for it. Because as artists, we all kind of learn basic fundamentals. You know, I can, you can pick up books and watch videos on, on, the learn, on how to learn the, you know, the basics of drawing anywhere. But your growth really comes it, it, you know, throughout the rest of your life. You'll be doing this forever. And you're going to just you're continually understanding them more deeply and more expansively. So, it's not a it's not a linear process where you start in one spot and you move to mastery. It's an expansion where you start with a core group and from there you just keep building. And sometimes you challenge yourself by doing things a completely kind of quote unquote wrong way, right? And um, and so each week I just select a new topic. A, you know, new reference photo, and I do the drawing. We see, let's see what we can learn from this today. You know, and um, and it's just about continually moving forward with that. And then throughout the process, I'll be describing what I do and my thought process for, you know, um, kind of resolving some of the the issues of observational drawing. Um, but it's the mindset is that like this is this is the work, it's the exercise that all artists go through that we very rarely see um, when we see f these finished paintings on Instagram or galleries or places like that. We don't see the practice that goes into it um, outside of art school. Once, it's like once, you've, once you're out of that space and you're on your own as an artist, you got to do that yourself. And there's so many people that haven't had that experience that this is, gets to be kind of a little taste of that where you're just like, you know, I, as an artist, you paint every day, you draw every day, you do something and it moves you forward. And the um, and it's not just about kind of executing and and uh, you know all the time. Sometimes you just you just do stuff. You just keep making, and then out of that something will something will emerge. You'll find your your way in, in the next step that you need to pursue. So that's kind of again the heart of it. It's just like let's just take time out of our our busy lives to just draw. That's it. <laughs> like we don't have to think more, any bigger about it, any smaller. It's just like we're just gonna draw because it feels good and it's gonna help us. <laughs> so. Yep. 
Yeah, totally. And I think you're right. It does move you towards whether it's like a little technical goal or even just like the seed of an idea starts to develop for a whole body of work or who knows, just as long as we're doing like, you know, some work <laughs> consistently. And I, I love that it's like we both have a similar approach to just like being transparent I about how we're still working like it takes work and we have to focus and we sort of have to keep pushing forward and uh like um sometimes I think maybe especially when I was starting out teaching I probably felt like maybe there was a bit of pressure to like pretend to be like the hierarchical like <laughs> teacher <laughs> you know yeah. Um, and I think as I get more confident about myself as an artist, even though, of course, I'm, all, you know, we're, uh, there's only a certain level of confidence anyways, but I just don't have to pretend anymore. Like, so I'm, you know, I share my like process with my, uh, the artists I work with in my art mentoring program, you know, that I apply to things and don't get in. And then it's disappointing. Like we all do it, you know, and just like, it's so normal and it's good to like remove that facade from the whole thing that like then you're an artist and then everything is good and you never yes. have to work at it ever again yeah yeah like I don't know it just seems that just seems boring to me <laughs> like the idea of mastery <laughs> seems really boring <laughs> yeah, because like yeah. um and that's yeah I mean I I think that the thing is is like you know I think a lot of for me what I realized and I kind of took for granted for a long time as a teacher is that you know, I, I feel really lucky that I have the impulse to paint or draw. And in, from mo and most of the time, I know what to do. I'm like, I need to go out here and paint or I'm going to do this today. Sometimes I don't. I just kind of go out and but I kind of I have some sort of clarity in the, the next steps that I need to take. Um, and what I realized that there's just a lot of people out there that don't. They have the desire to create. They have the desire to go, but they don't really know well, what does that mean. What do I want to do? I, I don't know. It's like trying to decide what's for dinner can be hard to to choose sometimes, right? You know, and but we kind of know the experience that we want to have. And so by um, by having somebody just say like, let's just do this this week, then it keeps you moving. Like it just like and get you comfortable. Like don't overthink what you're doing if you don't. If you don't really know, just do something. And then out of that, then you'll gain clarity. And that's the kind of counterintuitive thing for a lot of people is that you feel like they feel like they have to sit back and wait for that spark of inspiration that this is my who this is who I am as an artist. I'm like, that only comes out through being exposed to things. Like where creativity is only a reaction to the things in your environment. So you have to feed the you have to feed your environment <laughs> for creativity to happen. And that's the hardest part um, that, you know, I think, like I said, I feel really lucky that I naturally have that, but I took that for granted for a long time. And I realized so there's a lot of people who don't. So that's the goal is, 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 I'm like, sure, I can teach the fundamentals of, you know, line, shape, value, form, texture, all of those things. And that's it, like, but it's just like, how do you, how do you keep moving forward? You just keep making so that you're constantly exposing yourself to the things that are going to lead to a creative breakthrough. That's like so valuable because that's like what you offer in your, your YouTube videos. So people can kind of hop on board and start to get into this practice of just like choosing something and doing it, working, you know, working on texture or whatever, you know, you can toss, like you say, the, the principles of drawing into it, but sort of having this bigger picture about just like steady progress and, um, yeah, thinking less. For a while there, I was waking up in the morning and making a list of like 20 ways I could improve what I do. It's some kind of self-improvement thing that I was, you know, doing. Mm -hmm. And I kept writing down like 
think less and paint more. <laughs> like, yeah. Just like do the paintings and like think less about it. Uh, and I, I just feel like that's kind of like similar to what you're saying. Yeah. 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 And I, I feel like too, I mean, one of the things that's also been on my mind a lot lately is um, really questioning our individual motives for painting or drawing or creating art, you know, in any way. You know, like um, there's there's that the, for me, I value that it's the personal experience is the thing. I've never thought about art be, for being for an audience. And I think that's held me back a lot in terms of showing and I've had some shows here or there, but I, it just, it's hard for me to put myself in that space of saying, I'm making this painting so for someone else because it's such a personal experience. And so, um, but my model for what a successful artist was, was the showing, you know, gallery artists or eventually a museum, right? And, and I would just beat myself up for that over and over again because I'm like, I just don't have that. Um, and, and then, you know, there, there are certainly people out there that that's the primary goal is to say, I'm doing this, it's, it's me, but it's for you. There's that relationship or there's, there's some sort of transformation that's going to happen, you know, with, within the viewer, uh, within the audience be as a result of this, this work. And, um, but I think the, because I don't think we have a, you know, th there is no kind of standardized vers version of what an artist is, like at the, the foundation, like what, what the role of an artist is. Um, it just, it leads to all of this bickering <laughs> back and forth, like this is art or that's not art or things like that. And it, my biggest fear is that there are people out there that have the desire to create maybe that it's not about creativity, right? It's not about doing something unique that nobody has ever seen. The value in is just simply having that experience. We don't do that with other, like we don't, you know, people go out to the club to go dancing because it feels good to dance and be around other people, not because they're communicating something more deeply like, you know, a ballet or you know, modern dance performance. Like it's, it's you just, you go out and do it and, um, or you go to, karaoke and sing because it just feels good to sing. You do it in your car. Um, and maybe you have visions of one day becoming a performer, but you, you never stop doing that, right? And But for some reason, I, I feel like there are people who, with art, it's something different. Like you feel like as soon as I decide to make work, I'm, div I'm labeling myself as quote unquote an artist. And then it comes on with, with whatever preconceived notions you have about what an artist is. You think of Van Gogh or whatever, and you're like, well, it's not really me. I'm sure I would love to be that, right? But if in the end, I'm like, I, I it just isn't. That's not who I am. Like, and so, um, and so the, that's where I, what I try to convey to the students that, you know, it's not students, but the viewers of my, my classes or people who might read the book is just like, this is all about you just deepening your connection with, with the process and, and going from there. Don't think about calling yourself an artist um, and just just do stuff and see feel what your connection is. If it is all about telling stories and connect or connect, you know, like really it, it requires a viewer, then go for it. If it's not for me, I do a painting, I might post it to Instagram, but it goes in a box somewhere and now I just have boxes full of paintings, right? That's just what I do. Um, <laughs> and so, and I don't really care about showing at this point. Like it, it, it's just not where my head's at because I find so much joy in teaching. And so, yeah. um, 
And then it, it frees me up to just when I paint, it's just for myself. And I recognize there's part of that. There's a certain amount of fear because it's challenging to try to put my work out there and I have to continue to confront that. But um, just trying to own the fact that how much I love to teach um, and do I need to make painting my career focus or not? Um, or do I want it to be just for myself? I kind of like that as more private for me, you know? But. Yeah. I, I like, I totally agree with you. I, I like, I like to do whatever it takes to keep it. So my work is like when I'm making it, it's just about me. And then, you know, if I put it into shows or whatever later, it's like, it's really separate for me. Like I try to never think about I'm painting this for a show or, or whatever. Yes. I just like paint it. As you know, my work's very weird. <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, whatever happened, it's two separate things or whatever. But also the the um, thing about like being an artist is so interesting. I have like so many artists that I work with in my art mentoring program, but they actually, a lot of them may not even call themselves artists. I think that like, like they want to be, but they're like, when do I know if I'm an artist and stuff? And it's mm -hmm. like, well, you're already an artist. Like as of like the moment you started making art, like I think that that's the other thing with the label is that they, some people I think think it needs to be a career to be an artist or it needs to be really serious to be an artist. But I, I'm really like generous with when I would give the term artist. I think like mm -hmm. pr practically everyone's an artist, but if you have any creative, I don't know if you've ever made anything, you could be an artist. I don't know. I, yeah. I just think uh, it's 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 really interesting to me how many people though it's like they want to be an artist and they almost look to me like am I an artist yet you know and it, it's um it's just really interesting and a little bit maybe a little bit mm, a little bit sad but like that like the artist the word artist is so hyped or something yeah but even yeah. when we are artists we think we're not artists when do I become an artist how do I know if I'm an artist yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and then I think there's you know there's there's so many factors in that um, that stereotype, right? You know, so depending on the family yeah. you're in, the community you grow up in, um, the culture that you're raised in, there's different associations with artists and the role that the artists play within the larger community. Um, there's there's just and there's so many ways forward career-wise, um, and it's I don't have the I don't have the mental capacity to be able to figure it all out. Um, and I found that it wasn't leading me anywhere healthy when I was trying to. <laughs> like, and I'm like, there are already yeah. people, we already have critics. We have people in cultural institutions and we have critics and we have, they can, they can philosophers that can figure that all out and let that battle out. And I just, I feel like I was least, the times when I was least happy with my work and my painting, when, when I was, when I was comparing myself to that traditional vision of somebody who's showing and like a feeling like I'm more capable in my work than I actually was. And why isn't it being recognized? What's wrong with this? And I wasn't being very objective. I, I can look back at it now and I'm like, oh, now, of course, now this is why it didn't get accepted into the show. It's not good painting, right? But, but when I reflected on it, I'm like, that's, I didn't paint it to demonstrate how good of a painting it was. I just needed to paint. like. I don't know, I can't help it. And I love the challenge of trying to improve and trying to, I come constantly changing up my palette or, you know, changing a surface here. Then I just, I love that, that experience of figuring something out. And 
it's not leading to mastery. <laughs> so, so I'm well, like, that, I think it I'm might like, be for you, but <laughs> I don't know. Like it's, it's not, but it's, it, that's not the goal is to kind of yeah. reach the status. It's so I'm like, I just, no. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm just so much happier now that I, I have that off my, my plate and I've gone through phases of that, oh, but it's totally. been, I feel like it's been more consistent, but to get back to the original topic, like I, it was, it was parallel to my really owning the fact that, you know what, the thing that I, that I really love is teaching. Like, yeah. and, and in the end, if I, if I think kind of existentially about the end of my career, I would rather know that I've impacted people and measured the, my kind of value against how many people have made things because I've, I've influenced them. It's like, I would rather have that than say I sold X number of paintings. Like, or I was in and like, and, and that's, I don't want to imply kind of any sort of value there. Cause I think, you know, paintings have changed a lot of people's life. I just know it's not for me. Right. Yeah. Um, and maybe at some point I'll sell my work and, and I'll, and it'll be okay. But I'm like, I, the thing that brings me kind of personal esteem is hearing the comments from students that say, Oh my gosh, this has been so helpful. I haven't drawn in 30 years and this has gotten me out of that. And the idea of somebody staying stuck like that, like it's heartbreaking. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, so, um, oh, actually, yeah. the other heartbreaking thing that you probably hear this a lot, I know I have heard this a lot, is the whole like, um, like high school art teacher tells student they have no yeah. art ability whatsoever, and then the student never ever paints or draws ever again. Yeah. What kind of horrible teacher, like you and I are both teachers, is there any circumstance where you would ever say anything like that to any yeah. of your students? Well, like that is a terrible teacher. It's not the truth, but the, no. the student thinks it's the truth. They think it's an objective reality. They have no yeah. skill. Well, and it's, it's at a particularly vulnerable time for humans. Oh, like we, exactly. um, I feel really lucky that, you know, at Micah, I was able to attend the MAT program and we would take courses on the arts and human development. Like, how do we as humans evolve as artists? Like, what are these standard stages? And you learn that when you're, you know, your preteen, teen years, something shifts and it becomes really important that the marks you're making match what you're trying to copy, right? It's like, that's when all of a sudden we care about things being either realistic or matching the sort of like you, you get, you know, like you just, it's got to look right. Right. And for some people it comes naturally. And they, those, those people can say, all right, I'm an artist. I can, I can do this. And for others, it's a more of a struggle. And as like, as you articulated, it's all a skill that we learn how to do. And for some people, it just comes more naturally than others, but you know, it's, everything can be learned to some degree and 100%. um but we it's that stage where we say we either can or we can't and the and the people who say they can't they don't do it like i remember i had this one student it was really profound when i first started teaching she was in the 70s or so she had spent her whole life working in this organization when she retired they they rewarded her with basically just take whatever classes you want to take. You've dedicated your life to us. Let's take classes. So she's taking art classes because she hadn't hadn't done it since she was a teenager and her drawings look like a 14 year old. Right. And and like, yeah. And here's this person who's 80 years old. I'm like, yes, she, that part of her brain had just been frozen in time. And it was so cool to see that now like a time capsule come back. And I just think of how many people are, are like that, that could have like, found joy 
in, you know, throughout their lives in drawing this, used it to bring greater focus and clarity um, or just to, you know, process information and connect with your body, do all of those things, um, mm-hmm. and just to feel good that they didn't because yeah. they had decided at age 14 that they're not an artist. Exactly. And oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick up a, a number two yellow pencil and just start making marks. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a pretty common story too. I know someone who like became a photographer cause they're like, at, you know, they had a high school art teacher who said they had no talent and they believed them. And so they never would draw ever again, but they became a photographer cause they are like into art and that's cool. I love photography, but it just seems like criminal. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a lot of like art school teachers, probably with very low self-esteem themselves that would tell like, you know, I just think if anyone's like listening to this and they had an art teacher tell them that they have no talent, go ahead and sign up for an art class. (laughs) Like really, it just like does not, it doesn't even matter who cares. Like just take, just draw. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I, I, I jokingly tell people all the time I made the, you know, (laughs) I didn't make the wisest financial decision going to art school and getting an MFA MFA at a time when everybody in their brother got a, an MFA but like I at the same time I'm like I've been able to do it right and 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 it again I've been um stressing out and I've been down on myself for years and years because I'm like why am I not succeeding and then I realized that I'm like well it, the metric was never am I selling paint to sell paintings my metric was just how do I do this another day and I'm like wow I've been able to continually paint <laughs> that feels really lucky um and and then ev- and every other artist like you and that I've that I've worked with uh, here at Artist Network, it's the same thing. It's just like how do I how do I just make sure I can do this one more one more day and the next day after that and um, the, and then when I look at that metric, I'm like, wow, I, I've been far more successful than I was giving myself credit for. But I just I'm not yeah. sure, I, I don't have a museum show, sure, but I I'm like <laughs> the, the truth is is like I just. My work's not there, right? And if I'm going to be, you know, that's brutally honest about truth. it, what's that? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 that's, not that, because that's not the truth. It's not because the no. the you know when you like quality is one thing, but then you know what museums and galleries are tasked with is creating an exchange with the community, and because my work isn't about that exchange it shows in the work, right? You know, and it might, I might, I, I, you know, some people will look at it and say, well, I really like this painting. Sure. That's awesome. And, and there might be kind of a, kind of a personal connection or something there, but um, it's sure. the, the foundation of my work isn't kind of built on, on that dynamic, I think is what, what it is. And so it, it yeah, would be, I know what you mean for some museums, but I still think that uh, some actually would be like the right fit for, but it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> I, t- I totally know what you're saying, but, yeah. but also I like this whole idea of the metric, like, and that's part of where like, just making it, just surviving as an artist, just doing, it's like that shows our drive. We just, for whatever reason, really want to be an artist and we do whatever it takes to like make it happen. And a lot of that, like for a lot of us, that means like doing online classes and sort of being creative about how to make a sustainable income um, so that we can just like keep drawing and and sort of share it with like others and help them. Like, yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I think I remember when I was like, um, maybe I had been a full-time artist for like a year or something. And I was like laying around, probably feeling kind of bad about myself as an artist. But then I was like, wait a minute, have I made a living off my art for the entire year with no other income from anything else? That's amazing. (laughs) I can't believe it. Yeah. And now I don't know, it's been like 20 years or something like that. 
or maybe a little under 20. But yeah, yeah, I mean, that's like, that's, I mean, we're just creative as artists. (laughs) We can figure out how how to make it happen. Yeah. Uh, But but I do think that, yeah, go on. Oh no! Yeah, I mean, but that's the kind of the f- the fuel, right? Is comparison, right? We we that's how we move forward. Um, but it's it can be dangerous too, um, and so it yeah it, we yeah I don't really know the way forward with that, and we all have our ups and downs. But it's that tension that that b- between where we want to be and where we are that keeps us moving and advancing, right? And, you know, I think we're never going to be dissatisfied, uh, never going to be really be fully satisfied. And I don't, th- and I think there was a point in my life where I realized, actually, you know, the last thing I want is satisfaction because it's that dissatisfaction that moves me forward. I mean, but I just, what I want is that dissatisfaction to be in control <laughs> and not leading me to this, this, you know, this existential crisis that I'm experiencing right now. Like, oh, for sure. Um, are so, you? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I, I like definitely I know what you mean like sometimes I have all these goals and I move forward on them but I remember there was I think this is around when I met you there was like a year or two where I just stopped actually showing my personal work to like anyone in the world because I just needed to like work on it in secret for a while and I was like sick of feeling all of the like worry about what someone else would think it was just at a sensitive time and I had been like so goal oriented for so long that it actually was beneficial for a couple years, at least a year, I think maybe a couple years to just be like, you know, I'm just going to put that one down entirely <laughs> and just keep making the art like, uh, yeah. And then sometimes it is like useful to feel all these goals and work towards them or whatever, but there's totally yeah. times for both. Like, yeah. And we can feel that when it's that. Yeah. Well, and it, and it kind of, to kind of bring it back around to teaching it, it you know, one of the stories that I tell a lot in the show is, is that I, I, in my, I think it was my junior year at Micah, I, I wasn't managing the stress, the pressure of, of that, you know, it's just, you know, yeah. when you're surrounded by so many good artists, there's that natural kind of compet- competitive nature of it. Yeah. Like, I really want mine to look good. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to look like a fool today. And, and I just, I got to this point where I just wasn't managing it well. So I, I just approached mm. my professor. I said, you know, like, is it okay if I just make some bad paintings for a while or yeah. bad drawings? And he's like, sure. You know, like it wasn't <laughs> like, you know, it, it, it was totally an internal pressure that I was putting on myself. And like, and you know, the, all my classmates, they were really cool and supportive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt like a great environment. I was, but I was not doing, managing it myself. And so I took the rest of the semester to do quote unquote bad drawings. You know, I just huh. changed up the materials and I'm like, rather than trying for control, I'm going to you know, just be more expressive and do more yeah. mark making. And I learned so much more that that semester and it felt so good to have that from an authority figure saying, yeah. yes, just chill out and just experiment. Like I yeah. I'm like, that's, that's it. That, that felt so good. Um, and sometimes we need to hear that from people. We just need to hear True. it's okay. And because yeah. we don't really know, we make so many assumptions based on what we're seeing and what we think other artists are doing and how they're thinking, you know, when it, it, to hear somebody who you really respect and as an authority to say, it's okay. Yeah. You can like it, it was so good. And so I, True. I tell my, my, my viewers in the show is like, that's every drawing I try to approach. I want to have at least a part of that feel like I've never drawn before, like, yeah. because that was the part that was so exciting. And I'm like, this is not going to be a fun experience for me if I don't, 
have a sense of discovery because yeah. that's the exciting part. Like, otherwise I'm just, True. I know I can make the pencil do what I want it to do for whatever, like, mm-hmm. I want to figure out like, well, what, what happens if I do something different? You know, like, yeah. I, you know, what is the experience? What's the motion? What's the, you know, the, the whole process look like and how do I want to feel after this? And then the drawing simply becomes a record of that. Um, and, and, it, and I make it a distinction between drawing and the drawing and trying to get viewers to connect with what, where do you weight that? We, have, we each have our own kind of hierarchy. It's either about the drawing or it's about drawing the process. And for me, it's so much more on the process side. Um, you know, but I do, there is part of it. I'm like, I do want it to look good because that feels good. That's part of the yeah, experience. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that end, you're like, ah, yes, I feel good. Um, but there's also like, I, I, you know, it's looking for those kind of happy accidents or things like that, that also feel yeah. really good. That's got to be part of it. And for some people, it's all about execution. They're like, no, this has got to be like, like a commercial art piece or something. This is, there's no wiggle room. It's got to be you know, perfectly created. Um, and it might make lead to an unpleasant experience or what I would think of as unpleasant, but this person might love it, right? They love that, like that, that the confinement of that. Um, and so, um, yeah. And I think in the same with painting and painting and the painting and like, for me, like I just, my latest painting ended up just being wiped down entirely because it's just like, you know, I, when I was, I was getting through there, I'm like, you know, actually I didn't, I didn't care where I was. I went out, found a spot and mm-hmm. set up. I said, I just wanted to paint for a couple hours. So I'm just going to wipe this down because yeah. I got out of it what I wanted. I didn't yeah. need another painting. I just needed to yeah. paint. And I'm, that's the kind of the stage I'm at right now is just doing that and intentionally wiping things down because then it relieves any sort of pressure, that voice inside of me that, you know, what's somebody going to think about this, <laughs> you know? And yeah. um, so. Oh, that's so good about the piece, like about the art professor who was like, you know, freeing you up, being like, giving you permission to just do like bad paintings. Like I have also had moments where I'm like, you know, maybe I'll just give up and I'll just do bad paintings. And it's like, normally I actually do something kind of good at that point when I'm, you know, but I'm not trying to. Um, and it's hard to talk myself into like really believing it. So I think that is like, the power we can use as teachers is to be like, you know, it's totally okay to do something that's like a bad painting. And the other thing that's okay is if we're really tired, it's okay to not do any work and not feel guilty about it for a day or two. That's another thing that we can give people permission about, you know? Yeah. Managing energy. No. And I, I I think there's, what's hard, there's kind of a catch 22 to like an art school and that like we, that is, that's the, the time to experiment and grow, right? Yeah. But that's also the kind of the, the, the peak kind of uh, point of comparison when you've got 20 other oh, people. Uh, also good and you're like, and you're seeing like your work right next to somebody else. Um, and that's the, one of the benefits to drawing together is that, um, and I, t- I say this quite a bit. I'm like, look, you don't have to show this to anybody. Like yeah. just, just do this. Like, and so don't worry about that. Um, that's true. Now at the same time, the uh, the 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 other the other issue with with um, coursework is the feedback cycle, right? So the what I what I say is like when you can find somebody, you can find the right person who can give you the feedback that you need in the way that you can really respond to. That's gold um, because we 
I think we have a responsibility to to the people that were asking for feedback and to some degree. Like, and I know a lot of people that they'll just say, they'll, they'll show their work to somebody and say, like, well, what do you think of this? And they're like, well, I love it or I hate it. Like, that person may never have spent more than a th second until this moment ever even thinking about art. So now we're putting this person onto a spot to give an opinion over something they know nothing about. They don't want to look like a fool, so they're going to say something. And, and, and then you're going to get feedback that's not valuable at all. And, but if you can find somebody who, who can analyze the work and really understand what you're going for, what, what would be helpful, well, and you can articulate what are you looking for, and they can do it in a kind way, then that's really valuable. Because then there's some people who have some really good feedback, but they're just jerks. You know, they, they feel like there's a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah. And yeah. And, it, and it's not just about protecting feelings, but it's about. It's about being responsible in that position to yeah. you're the impact your your words are having on somebody. If you know yeah. somebody needs harshness and you can deliver that and it works for them, go for it. If you know that this is going to break somebody. Yeah and you're, you're doing it anyways because you feel like they need to get a tougher skin, to me, that's not the sign of a, a good teacher. Um, you, yeah. I mean, granted that person, it would, could benefit. I could definitely use a, a tougher skin sometimes. Could you? But, I, I, don't, it's, I don't have one and I probably won't ever have one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, you know, it makes me think, because I think what you're saying is something that I really believe in too, that like, basically there's like a little bit of a format to critiques. And I just don't think it's a good critique unless you follow this in what I developed. I think yeah. it's like a little bit of a format. Start by analyzing it and finding something that they're doing right there must be something you know yeah. and tell yeah. them the things that they're doing right that's going to like reinforce that and help them build yep. on those things and then find specifically things that they're doing that they can improve on very specifically so if you say like yeah you're a terrible artist you have no skill that's not specific like where did i mess up <laughs> you know yeah um, yeah so, so that that's like that's kind of the sort of general format that i follow for critiques do you have any like yeah. other critique theories because i think that is well, like a really important part of teaching yeah i mean I, what i tell um you know viewers is there's an art to asking for delivering and interpreting feedback um, and so two of those aspects are on the artist themselves. Like you're at, how you ask for feedback can play a big role. True. So asking somebody, what do you think, is not going to give you an answer necessarily. Like you're not, it, you know, so take some time to figure out like, well, okay, first let me figure out how I connect with your work. Um, I, identify where you're stuck, what, you know what your objectives are, or, or some, or if you're going to ask something open-ended, be okay with a response anywhere. Maybe you want to just throw it. You're throwing a dart for feedback, and you're like, all right, what do you think? And you're just trying to get a response, and maybe that inspires you to think about. It. But you got to do that with a certain amount of intention. Um, then delivering feedback again, when you can find somebody who can deliver the feedback, and you have a trusted partner, then um, it's their responsibility to, to understand you know, it's, it's a relationship so they understand like well what is this person looking for what are my thoughts take some time to slow down think about it and articulate it and then once you get that feedback figure out what you're going to do with it because you you are in control as an artist of what you're going to do like and sometimes you get I'll get some really good feedback but I'm like it's not I'm not 
quite sure what to do with it yet. And you sit with it, you think about it, and you move on, and you figure out, like, well, how am I going to get beyond that? And maybe you ask, and maybe it's this dialogue back and forth where you say, well, this is the next step. This is, the, this is what I think you should do. Or, you know, you, you wait. It's a dance. It's a relationship. And, and it takes a certain amount of sensitivity. And I, and I can hear some people saying, you know, oh, you're, you know, being too too delicate with this, and you got to be harsh. And I'm like, well, maybe that may be the the technique that's required here. And um, and sometimes it's important to to just say, look, you know, this doesn't look very good. Um, are you do you want it to like? But you know, like, or if you like, where do you want where do you want to go with this? Um, and you know, but again, it's that it's that relationship, and just be careful with who you're asking. Um, your feedback from because, like, like I said, I think putting, say, family members or friends on the spot to give feedback, it's not fair to them. It's not no, fair to them. And it and, um, can be risky. Like, they'll just blurt something yeah. out like, man, it doesn't quite look like the person. And they miss the fact that painting a portrait is hard and you've done like a solid structured portrait. Maybe yeah. it doesn't look exactly like the person, but there's like a lot good going on. Yeah. yeah family, yep. family can be Kind of yeah, and, <laughs> and you gotta, and there is. I mean, I think it is worth it to develop that a sense of self confidence, because I think also like <laughs> the worst is like when like it's all when things aren't said. You're like you have your work up, and maybe you, maybe you put it up somewhere, and people are walking by it, and they're not saying a thing. You're like, oh, wow. okay, well, they're not. You like because you would love to hear somebody <laughs> walk by and say, oh my god, that looks amazing. Did you do that? And like, yes, I did. <laughs> um, and when they say nothing, you're like, oh. Ooh, that's because <laughs> I really like it. Um, but yeah. you just like say, I, I just need to shed all of that. Just, just my painting, get <laughs> clear, get clarity on what you want out of it. Um, you know, if, if you're doing work that if the goal is to get it noticed and it's not, then a lack of reaction is, is valuable evidence. Um, <laughs> True. So, but yeah, it, it does take, I think, like I said, it's an art and I think, um, on, on all sides as an art and it's worth taking time to really develop that. Um, and, and it can be helpful to find, again, find that creative partner that you can really trust yeah. because that also, yeah. that also strengthens your own conviction when, when you're getting feedback from maybe somebody you don't trust or somebody's just giving yeah. shitty feedback, you know, yeah. then, um, or they're just being a jerk, you are like, <laughs> well, all right, no, I, this is what, <laughs> I trust yeah. this expert here. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. 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 I've like totally had that where someone just blurts out something and I go back to my trusted like team of artists that I check in with, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, this person said this, what do you think? <laughs> you know, yeah. and they help reel me back and, and having like um, a group of people that you check in with regularly. Like I have this, I have like a couple, a few artists that I check in with regularly about our work and um, over we've done this for like at least a, a couple of years, maybe a few years. And, and so they really know my work really well now. And I really know theirs. And that's the kind of relationship that I like to develop in my art mentoring yeah. program, because as you've been saying, there's so much self-knowledge involved, like what is your intentions? What is your goal? What do you want your work to look like that? It actually takes time for us to even figure that out and, and kind of having people that you work with for a while, you help you sort of figure that out together and then they know what you want and then they can kind of, you know, mm -hmm. tweak their feedback like yeah and, and, it, and like when you build like you said your team there's a shorthand that gets developed right you, you, yeah. you know each other's direction yep. and then also the feedback it's it benefits both sides you know ideally yeah. the person that you're 
you're requesting feedback from is also looking at your work and saying, well, what's in here that can yeah. help me with my work, right? So that's, yep. Yep. Um, I think, again, that's really where it's really valuable. Now, I think that's different from kind of a critic, right? You know, I, I've never had the opportunity for my work to be written up by a critic, but um, I think that's where it gets really muddy for some people when you have the word critique. That's why I specifically choose oh. feedback. Um, okay, because I, never I mean, I think that. when, when, when you have a critic, their, their vision, their, their objective is, is fundamentally different. Their, their objective isn't to make an individual artist work better. Their objective is to, to identify how this work, um, says something or it connects with the larger community, um, yeah. and how it contributes to that larger dialogue. And that's just, that's just fundamentally different. And it's gotta be really hard for people to navigate, but, um, but I think that's where the, I think like, again, critique, um, implies a hierarchy that, um, could be challenging, I think for some, because it's like, then, cause then you're looking at, you're like, all right, I'm bringing this to you. I want you to criticize it because you, it's like you're, you know, I, I would almost say a critique is more akin to a commercial art endeavor where, you know, somebody is paying you to do this and like, all right, let's, you, you asked me to do this. I, you, and, you know, I, you created this thing for this client and they're going to criticize it. And they're going to say, well, this is, or this isn't what I asked for. Right. And, you know, and maybe it's just a matter of kind of clarifying it that way. But, um, or if you have a panel of kind of quote unquote judges to say, well, did this meet the standards for our organization? Right. Like they're going to critique that, you know, based on a set of criteria that, um, they've established. Um, then that's, um, different than I think, than like what you're talking about a team of people that where you're, you're giving feedback that is intended for mutual growth. And, and it's kind of the behind the scenes nitty gritty of the, you know, the, the dirty underbelly of the art making process. So. Yeah. And so personalized, like you say, oh, that's so true. I might like, and I think the wording that we use for things is important. I might actually totally change what I call these things. I think I just took the word critique from art school, but you're right. It yeah. even has the word criticism almost embedded in it. I don't know for sure if that's like the root of the word, yeah. but it sounds like similar. It's totally more like personalized feedback. Like um, that that's actually a really good point. <laughs> I mean, to me, like a critique implies a very specific objective and then you're critiquing it to see whether or not it met that objective. Um, and so I think there are certain instances where it makes sense. I think group critiques are very valuable um, in that, again, because there's a short, certain amount of shorthand where you can look at one person's work and say, well, here you can see this person is doing this. You could all benefit from this. And here's why it's valuable that this, or, or you know, but, you know, of course, delivered in a kind way that I think is, is really kind of supportive. And the idea in that group is that, like you said, in a team, like you're all lifting each other through this process. You know, like, sure, if I make a painting that, that fails in certain ways, everybody else can learn from that too. Um, so the, yeah, I think, like I said, I think it's just a matter of determining, like, is it, are you analyzing it based on a certain set of criteria um, or are you offering feedback that is kind of more um, kind of undefined in, in a way? Yeah, that that's like so true. And uh, I guess a lot of the time, I mean, I really think art's so personal, like it all depends on what the person's intentions are. So who am I to criticize any, unless I know what their intentions are, it might be exactly their intention that it doesn't look realistic or something like that. Like, yeah, uh, it's like yeah. presumptuous to think otherwise. 
Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Well, this has been such an interesting talk. It's so good to talk to you and pick your brain yes. about all of this. Where can people find out more about what you do, see some of your classes, look at your paintings? I'm sure, yeah. Go to artistnetwork.com. Um, you know, the show is drawing together, so you can you can do a search on YouTube. Um, the book is uh, See, Think, Draw. So that's on Amazon and Barnes & Noble right now. Um and then in my, I have a website, uh, scottmeyerart.com, where I don't really update it nearly as frequently as I should. <laughs> but it's got some, some links there. And I'm looking to, you know, just continue to make more content, um, especially around drawing and into painting. So um, I think I want to expand into, you know, painting instruction and, and go yeah. there. So, yep, I'm going to. And, and what's your Instagram name? Oh, Scott L. Meyer, I think. <laughs> I, I I'll double check it and I, put it in the okay, in notes. Okay, scott.l.meyer. And it's M-A-I-E-R for those listening. Um, it's a weird yes. spelling, but... Um, no, that's yeah, <laughs> Yeah, so the... Yeah, I think that's that's it, yeah. Um, Sweet. Well, well thank you so, so much for having me on. This has been an awesome conversation. Aww. It's always really great to talk to you, and I always learn so much. Thanks for chatting. You're welcome. I, I'm very honored to be on here. Thank you so much. Well, it was really good to talk to you, so I'll talk to you soon. Bye, Scott. Bye. Thanks. <laughs>